Hi, and welcome to ProPrac. I'm Kira Brickyarek. And I'm Nicole Breeden. You're listening to How Are You Today? A spin-off series where we call an artist and check in with how coronavirus is affecting them and ask them to share their worries and their hopes for the future. Hello? Hi there. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Not at all, a pleasure. How are you today? Um, yeah, good. Uh, I think, like everyone, I think it's, um, yeah, various levels of treading water and playing by ear and yeah it's a, it's kind of a, a weird yeah I don't know it's a weird moment I suppose when things are um, supposedly um, uh, for some returning to normal and some um, people really not so it, it, it's kind of fairly complex time let's say. Shannon how have you been affected by COVID-19? So I think um, again I think what my, I think I've been affected only in the sense of disruption to business as usual. I am not, I, I think for me, I, it's been a time where really I need to reflect on the, both the interdependence of my, my circumstance and, um, and the support structures that, that mean that I can weather such moments without too much disruption. I mean, I'm not in a particularly vulnerable group. Um, I uh, am not either health-wise or, um, uh, or otherwise. For me, I need to reflect that this is my uh, ability to to kind of like you know get, go through these kind of moments is really because of um, uh, the privileges I have, what I was born into in terms of, um, uh, and and also who supports me now. So that would be very different if I didn't have a lot of support structures, which kind of almost prop up my life right so it's a it's a kind of a false economy that i'd sort of live on in a way you know i i my my day job um uh, as an arts worker is you know well below the you know well below the national average but certainly below the the, the poverty line but i'm supported by a partner who who pays rent uh, and who has a better paying job so if any one of these support structures you know in my my you know, I have parents who who help um, if if needed. Um, yes, I'm I'm sort of rapidly aging. You know, as I hit almost hit forty. So, but but it's kind of all of these things are either I've either deferred any serious you know accounting for for you know what a moment like this would would mean. I'm sort of propped up by other better you know people who who have circumstances that um, that allow me to kind of like say you know when when propose that question uh fine you know yeah, um, yeah. Our, our work has um you know i've had a pay rise mm-hmm. because of job keeper mm-hmm. you know because that, that i would get like 800 a fortnight in terms of pay and now it's whatever the job keeper is yeah you know so it's like uh you know i, I can say that you know strangely these moments uh you know potentially stop you know, business. You know, business as usual is not sustainable, right? So when we have moments of pause like this, uh, for someone in my circumstance that where it doesn't come with a, a, a health vulnerability, um, uh, or or a um, you know, and and you know, as I just said, like other support, other people support, you know, the, the economy of how I I live. Like it allows me to kind of um, actually reflect on on what what business what like what business as usual actually is for for me you know yeah. how you know it makes me think about sustainability of that and what what kind of 
you know toxic aspects there are of 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 um of the the, the of normality for me in terms of work yeah 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 i think there there probably is um quite a lot of people who are finding themselves in a slightly better position um than they were before because of um you know programs like JobKeeper where they they might be um you know getting more income than they were before and and wondering well if that's if that's how the arts industry sort of has to operate then maybe that's not you know okay like if yeah. the government thinks that $1500 a fortnight is like the the minimum that a sort of you know regular australian can get by on then what are we all what are we all living off it's it's true but i think what and one of the things that potentially it does also for for people you know people like me i suppose who who potentially coast on a level of of kind of either privilege or you know in spite of you know not being um, particularly wealthy, you know, there is, um, uh, I, 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 I'm alleviated to a whole lot of other, um, encumbrance that, that, um, you know, uh, other friends have to, to deal with. And I think, um, you know, what it, what I suppose it, it one of these moments should do, I suppose, is, is, um, if they are putting um, people like me in more desperate straits than they've had to face before, uh, then, you know, potentially that's a healthy thing, you know, uh, potentially it, forces people like me to go beyond verbal solidarity moments to to actual action so i think that they're potentially some of the positives that um you know some of the more activist related po um uh, positives that come from moments of fracture like this um that come out of covid and potentially you know combine with black lives matter and and other other really poignant you know concerns at the moment where one is increasingly um uh you know, forced to you know really acknowledge constantly and and rightly the the layers of of um, you know interdependence and privilege that that really allow you to kind of live your life, you know. And I think that that's potentially what why these things are really interrelated and and how they force us to think about you know work life, um, you know. Yeah, uh, I think I think these are the kind of complex strains that something like COVID and then the the, the movements that have have, have rightly risen risen up um, during this period. Um, yeah, how they intertwine. Yeah. Um, kind of shifting focus a little bit, uh, we were wondering if you have been working on any uh, projects at the moment. So I guess my, um, as a, I guess an artist who who, run, who works in bureaucracies prim primarily, I suppose, um, both at bus projects and um, uh, at my, uh, and with um, a new organisation called Composite, it's... Um, I suppose my projects are sort of intertwined with that with that work. So, with bus projects has moved into Collingwood Yards um, just as I arrived back from a, a residency um, from the UK, and um, and sort of and, and it's been sort of and we immediately opened and then closed uh, because of the, the the restrictions, and then and then really tried to work out where to next from there. And um, and so my project is both spread across working with my my colleagues um, around. You know what what bus does in the in the next twelve to eighteen months, and how we, um, you know, aren't um, co you know, complacent about what these these moments of these COVID moments are. So we're kind of working on that. Um, I guess my personal practice um, is spread across that, and also over um, a new um, uh, uh, organization called Composite, which is a moving image focused agency, um, which. I think touches on a lot of my areas of interest around organization building, um, um, artist run uh, models, um, uh, and economic flow for artists. So um, the um, 
uh, composite kind of comes out of both my residency in the UK and my um, interest in organizations that distribute um, moving image work and create kind of um, economic models for the remuneration of artists who work in um, in video and moving image. Um, uh, so interest in, in organizations like Lux or Agos or a whole range of, of organizations that have collection and distribution models built into their, uh, as, as some of their primary work. So I'm interested in like how that yields kind of small scale screening rooms that are both ways to share and critique work and talk about work. But and I'm really interested, really in 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 the in the economic models that that can be um, brought to bear around that that particular mode of practice, rather than just the default mode that I've experienced at Bus, which is obviously you know the displaying of, of video work in an installation environment or on a looping, you know, modes. I'm interested in kind of what what models for what mod, what bespoke models for moving image uh, artist moving image work can be um can be brought to bear in Australia and really help to I suppose aggregate um, a lot of work that's happening uh, now and create you know deliberately tying that to an economic model that that remunerates artists rather than what bus has uh, you know been doing uh, which is really trying to retrofit an organization that has um that has uh, um, been invested in by artists so trying to create an organization from from you know not not from scratch because I'm quite inspired by the Australian video art archive um, which Anne Marsh and Matthew Perkins and, and others sort of started um, in uh, what, what, you know over 10 years ago so I'm interested in those, in those kind of models but but you know, establishing a certain kind of um, organization from the outset that's about kind of channeling, um, uh, you know, economic flow to to practitioners as a as a direct you know a ambition. So yeah. that's what I'm working on. That sounds... may not seem like an artwork, but that's kind of a <laughs> yeah. no, that sounds so interesting. Have you found that you uh, created a new routine while you're in isolation, or now as we emerge from isolation? I think. Um, I think I'm terrible with routine, uh, and it's 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 probably stems from, uh, you know, I started trying to be and trying to be an animator out of out of high school, and and I just knew like I didn't last long in the industry. I mean, I got fired pretty quickly um, after a certain amount of time, and oh. and um, but but that was really because of that like the 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 um the discipline that I that I, I know others have around these moments whether it's whether it's work I I find try to find honest ways to to use my own I guess um modes of work so 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 not routines because I'm I'm quite um undisciplined but I I do I do try to realize that well what I can do is be kind of like dogged in the pursuit of a of a particular aim so I may not you know I may not be good at building a brick wall, but I can move a lot of bricks. So it's like, they, like there'll be that kind of metaphor. That's like, I, I'll work all day and all night moving these bricks over, but as long as someone else can help me order them in a proper way that doesn't fall over immediately. Mm. So I think there's something like, like that, which is I found I've tried to just kind of um, uh, continue to work through this moment of disruption in a way that um, uh, is pretty constant. So, but it, it doesn't follow any particular, um, uh, mode of, of disciplined um uh yeah yeah just just the same old grind really yeah. um and uh and and i wish it was otherwise because i probably double do work in a way just because of how messy i am with labor so <laughs> i do admire others though who do find a, a, a time to actually you know rebalance their work so they've, they've actually now realized that they can take half of their day to walk around the park and then they come home and work and that's you know they can finally realize what we know in well what what 
research is borne out in terms of Australia being unproductive because we overwork, right? So like people are now realizing, oh, well, actually, if I can find a balance, that means that I'm not overworking. I'm suddenly super productive. So I'm still caught in that, the, the classic Australian overwork and underproductivity <laughs> um, mode. So, yeah. Um, you touched on some of your, you know, thoughts around what's happening at the moment, but is there anything that you're specifically worried about during this time? I suppose it's it's the um, you know if if um, if if normality wasn't so great, you know, and I'm talking about this in a number of fronts. So, um, COVID as a as a point of reflection for for many people who who haven't been required to confront you know what ordinary life really is, and I'm doing that with inverted commas. Like so, if if um if for many people the ordinary business of life is is um is not comfortable, is not sustainable, it's kind of like I suppose a return to that or a, a, a complacency around what a return to normality is. I think many people are saying this, you know, um, which is which is that return to business as usual is not is not the end point here, and I you know it's a slipping away of of the potential for for radical change. You know, this this has happened in the past, of course, with with various things. And I think for many people who've who've you know, like me, who haven't you know really participated in those major movements, um, whether that was Occupy Wall Street, whether these kind of things that have happened in my my lifetime, um, and they've involved kind of white people like me, you know, these kind of movements that have have um, you know that that many many of us have participated in, you know, these moments have. Um, uh, have slipped away again, and we've gone back to because of our comfortableness. Potentially, we've gone back to business as usual. So, so I think that that's what I'm nervous about is the slipping away of the potential for for you know disruptive and and permanent change. And is there anything you're um, hopeful for? Well, I guess I'm hopeful for the opposite, right? Yeah. So I'm hopeful for the for the, for the fact that these movements that that are not led by people like me. Um, are, are making that change you know the, the demands that are being made in in, in various kind of um, movements at the moment that have um you know have taken place during this covid period um you know the, you know they do have the potential for, for to make that change and you know whether that's the kind of you know the changing police funding into community um community safety mechanisms you know these kind of things are, are really happening in various places and i think you know for me though those kind of are examples that 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 um that these kind of disruptive moments they, they can they can lead to, to to significant change and I think yeah that, that's kind of what I'm hopeful for is that these movements can lead to change and that that it happens during a moment of, of disruption when business as usual is not is not is not you know is, is not not present thank you for sharing those do you have a public Instagram or website that people can find out more about you and more about your work uh, obviously at Bus Projects, you can see all of the stuff we do in terms of organisational work and fellow worker is my, so that's busprojects.org.au and on the web on, and Bus Projects on Instagram. Fellow worker is my, Insta, uh, my Instagram and, and generally I'll sort of do occasional things there <laughs> as things go along. Um, and yeah, and so I suppose they're the places to see what we do. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we have recorded and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and the elders of the land on which this podcast reaches you on today. We extend that respect to all First Nations people listening and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. How Are You Today has been generously supported by the City of Melbourne's Quick Response Grants. 
Follow us at ProPrac Podcast on Instagram or email us at propracpod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Please stay in touch. We'd love to hear what you're up to as well.